0: joy it is to be in the house of the Lord on this Sunday morning it looks like the sun is trying to shine out there after a few hours of just gray weather but we needed the rain it just could have waited till maybe tomorrow after the holiday right but uh, but praise the Lord for the rain praise the Lord that we have the privilege to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Let me take just a moment and welcome our visitors this morning. We are truly honored that you're in the house with us today as well as uh, let me take a moment and welcome our online audience this morning once again. May the Lord richly bless you where you are joining us from. Those of you that are faithfully joining us every week, uh, we are so honored that you take time to be with us in that manner. I'm excited today about the goodness of God. Anybody excited about his goodness today? Amen? Amen. He's worthy to be lifted high this morning. Before we get into the Word and before we go uh, to our designated places in the classroom, we are going to uh, take a moment and uh, it is my honor today uh, to be able to dedicate uh, not just any child, it's always exciting to be able to do that, but I get the privilege of inviting to this platform Austin and Kyla and, uh, and the grandparents that are here, if they would like to come as well, as well as the great-grandparents. See, it's, it's a special time today. And, uh, and we are so thankful that they get to come. And, uh, and, and I guess I have room for the sibling as well. Tyler, if you want to bring your family and join us, this is... All hands on deck this morning, and Kenzie as well, and and uh, we have. This is one of the most, the most beautiful girl in the world right here. Look at this. How do you not? Yeah. So, this is not just any child, but this is my grandbaby. Yes. Can you tell them hi this morning? You're kind of dressed like Sister Catherine Coolman was, all flowy. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe she's going to start a few years earlier than her. I don't know. Uh, but we are so blessed this morning to have, oh, you're tired, I haven't even preached yet, I'm sorry. and uh, But uh, we are blessed this morning to be able to take this child and give her back to the Lord. The Lord has given us so much, and uh, we are truly blessed. Uh, I can say this, uh, not only am I blessed with two wonderful children, and uh, now two grandchildren, but I'm blessed with a wonderful uh, addition uh, through Austin, as well as uh, uh, even this other troublemaker back here. And, uh, you know, you all know her. And hi, Jackson. He's, <laughs> he still don't know about me holding this other one. So, uh, But uh, but we are so proud of, of what God has blessed us with. And uh, But this morning, I'm going to give her back just for a moment. Not that I want to, but because I have to. And uh I am uh not only blessed with a great daughter-in-law and son-in-law, but also extended family through Rick and Jackie, uh wonderful man and woman of God. And and then we got another one getting ready to get married over there as well. So this thing just keeps growing and we're so blessed. What are you looking at there, buddy? You just don't know, do you? So uh but this morning, uh I um truly honored to have this moment and uh, to have you all be part of it as well. Uh, This morning, one of the most precious things we can do uh, is bring our children to the house of the Lord and to lead them and guide them and direct them. And you and I know today that uh, there's many scriptures we could give you today concerning uh, the giving back of a child. But in Matthew chapter number 19... It says, then were brought unto him little children, that he should put his hands on them and pray over them. And the disciples rebuked them. But Jesus said, suffer little children and forbid them not to come unto me, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. And we know that uh, today that uh, we have responsibilities as parents, as grandparents, as well as elder men and women of the faith in the local church. We know it's our responsibility today, and I'll address Austin and Kyla and the family behind me in just a moment, but it is our responsibility as men and women of faith to simply realize that, first of all, we are to be faithful to our Lord. Meaning this, the first responsibility of parents and grandparents and elders of the church, it is to love the Lord with all of our heart, our soul, our mind, and our might to be that godly example that this next generation needs to see and hear I am thankful for the names that I could mention this morning that have impacted my life you have heard me name many of them often outside of my father I could talk to you today about a man by the name of brother Dalton I could talk to you about Fred and Bernie Grant I could talk to you today about Scott Smith and brother Irvin Steele and LL Collins and brother Carpenter the list goes on and on of men and women that was godly examples for my generation and those before me and we find that it was not just that something they took lightly but it was something that they understood not only were they to love the Lord before us not only were they to be godly examples but they understood it was important for them to be trainers of the next generation and his Bible teaches us very clearly that we are to train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. So with that being said, I'm going to turn my attention to those behind me this morning just for a moment. And then we are going to give Blakeland back to the Lord today. And uh, it's hard to stay focused when she looks so pretty because I want to play. The Papa wants to come out in me. Yes. And uh, but... Uh, to Austin and Kyla, first of all, I'm going to ask you just a couple of questions, and I'm going to ask you to respond by simply saying, we do, if you are in agreement with these things that I'm getting ready to mention before you. First of all is this, you as her parents, do you come professing Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of your lives? We do. And do you come to dedicate yourselves to biblical instruction, discipline, and love of this child? And do you come to dedicate Blakeland today in the ultimate control and the will of God through the Lord Jesus Christ? We also now ask these grandparents, as well as the church body that's behind me, do you agree to support these parents by your example and through acts of service? And do you agree to reinforce the biblical instruction and I hate to use this word on my own grandbaby, but discipline and love of this child under the supreme rule of the Lord Jesus Christ. If so, you may signify by simply saying, we do. All right, did you guys get the discipline part? All right, so let me read this in our hearing today, and she thinks that's funny. She's laughing. <laughs> like, it's okay, yeah. In the word of the Lord in Deuteronomy chapter number six, beginning in verse number four, this is what we hear. O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thy heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. And thou shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thy house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thy hand, and thou shalt be as fort lentils between their eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gates. In presenting this child for dedication today, you not only are signifying your faith in the Christian religion, but also your desire that she may early on know and follow the will of God for her life. You also, in presenting this, in order to attain this, you're taking the responsibility and you think that's funny, don't you? Yes, it's hard to be standing where I'm at, folks. She's wanting to play. Watch her smile at me. Yes, that's my baby girl. And uh, so in order to attain this holy end, it's getting worse all the time, folks. Look down, Ron, don't look at her. So in order to attain this holy end, it will be your duty as parents and as grandparents To teach her early on the fear of the Lord, to watch over her education, that she be not led astray, to direct her youthful mind to the holy scriptures and her feet to the sanctuary, to restrain her from evil associations and habits, and as much as in lies you, to bring her up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. I ask you now, will you endeavor to do so by the help of God? If so, simply answer, "I I will. I will. At this time, I'm going to ask the church to stand with me all over this house. And we are going to anoint this precious baby girl that I believe and I say without hesitation that is going to be a mighty woman of God for the advancing of the kingdom of God. And today, we are so thankful that God has blessed us with such a treasure. Amen. So I'm going to ask you to stretch your hands this way and we are going to anoint her today. And in the name of the Father, we do here and now dedicate Blakeland in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Now, Heavenly Father, we humbly pray that thou will take this child into your loving care. We abundantly enrich her with your heavenly grace, and we ask that you would bring her safely through the perils of childhood and deliver her from the temptations of her youth. And Lord, I pray today that you would give her a personal knowledge of Christ as her Savior at a very young age. Lord, let her grow in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man and to preserve therein to the end. Lord, I pray that you would uphold Austin and Kyla and the grandparents and the church family, that we would endeavor to lead her, guide her, and direct her into the house of the Lord and into the presence of God where she would experience you on a manner that she would become a world changer for the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that you would help us to be that holy example. Let us walk this walk faithfully before her. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says, Amen. amen and amen. We love you, baby girl. Yes, we do. Amen and we have a certificate for her. I'll get to you after service today. All right Can we give them a hand of appreciation today for taking a generation into the presence of the Lord? Jackson, do you want to help Papa preach this morning? Jackson, do you want to help Papa preach this morning? (laughs) they are not spoiled they are just blessed beyond measure with the outpouring of love he wants to be behind the veil that's all he wants We're teaching them to love the things of the Lord, and that's exciting. And me and him sat and played for a long time on the piano, drove everybody else crazy probably yesterday, but we didn't care. So it's all good. But uh, what a joy to hear children in the sanctuary, amen? And I look around, and every place there's babies. And I'm like, babies here and babies there, that's a good sign. That means the church is going to live on, amen? And uh, that that is wonderful this morning. Those of you going to class, feel free to do so at this time. Those in the sanctuary with us today, I'm going to ask you to turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter number 30. 1 Samuel chapter number 30, I will be there in just a few moments, I promise. It may take me just a couple of moments to get there, but I want you to turn with me. 1 Samuel chapter number 30, just kind of put your finger there and hold your place. And we'll be there in just a moment. I would covet your prayers this morning as we try to deliver this, what the Lord has placed in my heart. I I told Austin that, uh, you know, I, I was coming back down early this morning. I said, I just would like for him to tell me which direction to really go because I have labored over this word this morning. And there's much I could say that... Uh, but I want to say what he wants to be said, not what I want to say. And uh, so I would, uh, I would covet your prayers this morning. But uh, if the Lord would help me for a few moments today, I want to take you on a journey, maybe a familiar story for many of you under the sound of my voice today. We're going to talk to you about the city of Ziglag that was burned with fire, uh, but we're going to dive into this story maybe in a little manner that you have not been presented but I want to talk to us today about the urgency of the hour in which we live I I stand before you today very heavy uh, because of what I see taking place not just here in the United States but around the globe we see that our faith is been attacked on a very great level we have brothers and sisters in Christ that are giving their life daily uh, for the spreading of the gospel Uh, the recent numbers that I've seen even in Nigeria every two hours someone is losing their life for the cause of Christ it's kinda hard for us to get our minds wrapped around Uh, but that is only one place I just read an article this week of where now after the United States have been absent uh, uh, in the Middle East, uh, we find that in, Ga- in Afghanistan, it is now the most dangerous place in the world to be a Christian because people are daily being rounded up and are losing their life. Uh, but at the same time, we are seeing in the United States as well, we are seeing a large attempt to silence the church, and to bring difficulty against the spreading of the good news. So today, I am not here from a political perspective at all, but I'm here to call us to a place of action. And if the Lord would help me, I want to talk to you about the call to engage. In our Bible, we find the word of truth, no matter what men may say, But this book is much different than any other book that's ever been written. This is the infallible word of God. This book is written by normal men such as you and I. But however, these men was moved on by the Holy Ghost and therefore as the Holy Spirit moved upon them they wrote down the Word of God and therefore we know this that this book is much different than any other book it is the living breathing word of our Savior this morning however in our Bible it is the word of truth but the ability to provide and it also provides direction in all areas of our life as well as in all seasons of our life how many knows that we go from see different seasons in our life just like we're getting ready to enter into the fall season in the natural we find ourselves in life going through seasons where things are growing and blooming we find ourselves in seasons where things are not so well but we also know this in order for us to receive these instructions one must be willing To embrace the truth, however, we cannot embrace this truth or this word by the bare intellect of men, but it is by faith. We know this, Hebrews chapter 11 will tell you that it is by faith that the elders obtained a good report. We also know this a little later in that chapter, verse number 6, I believe. It says that it is impossible to please the Lord unless we believe. Now... We know today that there is one of the greatest questions that was ever asked, in my opinion, was given to us through Jesus Christ. Uh, And you can find that in Luke chapter number 18, verse number eight. He says this, when the son of man comes, will he find faith upon the earth? My question to you and I today is simply this, do we really believe? I'm not asking, uh, did grandma believe or did granddad believe, but, but do you and I really believe the word of the Lord? Do we really believe that he is everything that he says he is? It is only when we come to the knowledge of the truth that one can really truly begin to walk in a place of freedom. The Gospel, John, in chapter number 8, verse number 32, it says you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. You and I have the ability to walk in true freedom today and it comes through Jesus Christ our Lord. Today, it goes without saying, however, that we find ourselves in a season of great resistance upon the earth today. And that resistance is towards truth. We know this uh, right is wrong and wrong is right. We know this currently up is down and down is up. Darkness is celebrated while light is condemned. We are dealing with that which Paul wrote about in an accelerated manner, it appears. In the book of Ephesians, chapter number six, uh, Paul was writing to the church at Ephesus and he wrote these words. He wanted to bring them understanding. Some of you probably can quote this verse. He says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. We cannot let these things move us to fear. However, we must move from a place of apathy. Ephesians six, verse ten and eleven, Paul wrote before he verse number twelve, he said, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might and put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Notice he's saying not be strong in yourself, not be strong in your intellect, don't be strong in your own strength uh, but be strong in the Lord. Meaning this uh, be strong in your faith uh, and be strong in the power of his might. How many knows that we have limitations Uh, but can I tell you there's not a mountain too high, there's not a valley too wide uh, that he cannot climb or he cannot cross over. And therefore today we can stand with confidence uh, and know that not only is he a man of great strength. But he is also one that has provided an armor for his children to put on and wear. What I'm saying this morning is this. It is not a time for you and I to run away, but it is a time for you and I to stand and see the salvation of the Lord. Uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 14 through 18, uh, Paul writes and says this. Awake thou that sleepeth and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is, and be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Uh, I share these passages this morning uh, so that you and I uh, can be aware that there is still a call being given. Allow me to remind you today that while we find ourselves in a place of great uncertainty, we are not in a place of weakness. Uh, because I know today a lot of people are saying, how are we or what are we going to do? Here's what we have to come back to and understand. In 2 Corinthians chapter number 10, verses 3 and 4, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Uh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Uh, can I tell you this morning in front of me uh, is a group of men and women uh, that have the power and the ability to turn a world upside down if they choose to use the weapons that God has given them. What is those weapons, someone may ask? Number one, there is a prayer of faith. I want somebody to understand that your prayers does not go unheard. But just because he may not answer when you think he should does not mean that he's not moving on your behalf. But today, I would encourage you to, that right now in this season of life uh, if there's ever been a time that you prayed and not just a prayer of Lord bless this food or Lord lay me down to sleep uh, but a prayer of faith uh, needs to begin to come from the rafters of the local church again uh, from the devotion halls uh, of our lives uh, and there needs to be a prayer of faith that begins to bombard heaven uh, it's not about what I see it's not about what I feel uh, but it's about what does thus saith the Lord uh, and the Lord says in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit. Uh, So this morning, uh, it is by a prayer of faith that I'm saying, God, you're gonna do it again. Uh, God, you're about to save a family. Uh, God, you're about to move on a nation. Uh, You're about to touch a community. Uh, You're about to turn a city upside down. Uh, I begin to pray that uh, in faith believing, uh, and it shall be done. Uh, Can I tell you, uh, there's also something that attaches to that. Uh, It is a prayer of agreement. Uh, When any two or three are gathered together in my name, says the Lord, uh, I am in the midst, and you can ask what you will, and it shall be done. Uh, can I tell you, uh, we are our greatest hindrance today. Right. Right. But not only is there a prayer of faith and a prayer of agreement, but this morning, there is the gift of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I asked this morning, do we understand what that really means for our lives? But then we find that there is the proclamation of the word. Now, I say all of these things to bring us to the place that I would like to take us to this morning. In 1 Samuel chapter number 30, I am going to give you a story. And please do not be bored by the story if you know it, but let us read through it together this morning. And it come to pass when David and his men were come to Ziglag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziglag and smitten Ziglag and burned it with fire. And they had taken the women captive and that were with them and they slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and they went on their way. So David and his men, they came to the city and behold, it was burned with fire and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives were taken captive. And we find that David was greatly distressed. For the people spake of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved. And every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And David said to Abathar the priest, Amalekite's son, I pray thee bring me hither the ephod. And Abathar brought thither the ephod to David and David inquired at the Lord saying, shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered, pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them and without fail recover all. So David went, he and 600 men that were with him, And he came down to the brook where those that were left behind stayed. And David pursued, and he and 400 men for 200 abode behind. And they were so faint they couldn't cross over the the, the little brook that was present. In verse number 11, as they began to travel, they found an Egyptian in the field. And they brought him to David, and they gave him bread, and he did eat. And they made him to drink water. And they gave him a piece of cake of figs and two clusters of raisins. And when he had eaten, his spirit came again to him for he had eaten no bread nor drunk any water for three days or three nights. And David said, who do you belong to? And he said, I am a young man of Egypt. I am a servant of one of the Amalekites and my master left me three days ago because I fell sick. And he goes on then to say, we made an invasion of the south. We simply also burned Ziglag with fire. And David said to him, can you bring me down to this company? Paraphrasing just for a moment, he said, I'll show you where they are as long as you promise not to give me back to them and kill me. And David said, if you'll take me down, he said, I'll spare your life. So it says, and he brought them down in verse number 16. Behold, they were spread abroad upon all the earth, eating and drinking and dancing because of all the great spoil that they had taken out of the land of the Philistines and out of the land of Judah. But however, David smote them from the twilight even until the evening of the next day, and there escaped not a man of them, only four hundred young men which rode upon camels and fled. David recovered all that he, all that the Amalekites had carried away, and David rescued his two wives. And there was nothing lacking. Somebody say, nothing lacking. And there was nothing lacking to them, neither small nor great, neither sons nor daughters, neither spoil nor anything that they had taken to them. David recovered all. Somebody say, Praise the Lord this morning. Now, if you'll listen fast, I'll preach fast, and then you can beat the Baptist, the Methodist, and the Presbyterian to lunch, all right? So here we go. While our world has been shaken by demonic invasion on many fronts, and is causing a generation to be overwhelmed and paralyzed by a demonic spirit of fear. It is time for you and I to once again proclaim the truth of God's word, that God is still the beginning and He is still the end. There is nothing larger than Him, nothing more powerful than Him, but He is still all God. He is still sitting on the throne this morning, and you and I today can take comfort and refuge in knowing that. Currently, we are witnessing the enemy do as he pleases, it seems, with little to no resistance. Uh, However, we are currently dealing with a society that looks much like Jerusalem did in the days of Nehemiah and much like that of David's day in Ziglag. Uh, If you was to take the time this morning and read Nehemiah chapter number 1, he would find that he simply said this, uh, how is it with everybody that's there in the city of Jerusalem? And this is what the report that he received. Uh, They're in great affliction, they're in reproach. Uh, The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and the gates thereof are burned with fire. I gotta say to you this morning in the United States of America, the gates of our cities have been burned. Uh, Our walls have been torn down Uh, and the temple is lying in ruins Uh, as well as uh, our families have once again been taken captive. Uh, If I had time to really teach this this morning, I would. Uh, But listen, i got to get to the gist of my message, but I want to pause here just for a moment. Uh, When I talk about the gates of our city have been burned, uh, it means this. Uh, The leadership of our nation uh, has been destroyed. Uh, We are a nation that is much different than any other nation that's ever been created. Uh, You may get tired of hearing it, but I want to tell you one more time today. Uh, Our neighbors to the north, uh, they was founded because men was looking for wealth. Uh, They was looking for gold and silver. Over. Uh, that is how Canada developed. Uh, if you go to the south of us, Mexico, uh, it was founded because men were seeking for wealth. Uh, they was looking for gold. Uh, but the United States of America, our foundation is much different. Uh, nobody came here looking for wealth. Uh, but they came so that they could have a freedom uh, to worship uh, the one true God. Uh, they wasn't coming here to worship Allah. They wasn't coming here to bow down to Buddha. But they come because we want to worship in a place of freedom. Freedom. and therefore that's our foundation and our founding fathers when you go back and you begin to look at their lives, they wasn't perfect men, no they was not but there was a fear of God, there was a reverence of God and you can look at the documents that was created and how it's in alignment with the word of God and can I tell you, but now those things have been torn down but then I look at the walls of our city, those that things that was supposed to protect us our local governments across this nation. Uh, They have been trampled down. Uh, We are embracing uh, and we're enforcing things that are contrary to the word of God. Uh, But all of that is a result uh, because of our temples that are lying in ruins. Uh, Can I tell you the platforms of the American church uh, has become nothing more than entertainment centers. Uh, We got the latest and the greatest fashion. Uh, We got all of these things uh, that we want to just be appealing. Uh, We want everybody to feel comfortable. Let me tell you this morning, uh, I want I want you to feel welcome here. Uh, I want to put my arms around you and love you. uh, And I want to do that, uh, but at the same time, I will not compromise the unthinkable Word of God uh, to make you feel comfortable can I tell you uh, there was a day when I walked into the house of God just because I'm a preacher's boy uh, doesn't mean anything Uh, but when I was living in my sin uh, when I was doing ungodly acts uh, and I walked into the house of the Lord I knew those people loved me uh, but can I tell you uh, I wasn't comfortable sitting there uh, because I thought somebody was going to read my mail uh, because the convicting power of the Holy Ghost Uh, and I said don't let that preacher come to me Uh, don't let that saint of God pray over me Uh, can I I tell you but I'm glad that I was uncomfortable because that uncomfortableness made me move from a place of apathy into an altar where I cried out and said God forgive me of my sin can I tell you but now we have lost those things and because of that our children are in a place of bondage can I tell you this morning it is not enough for us to sing a song it is not enough for us to preach a message but we got to get back to where the power and the anointing of God once again uh, is moving in the presence of men and women Uh, can I tell you this morning uh, there's a call to engage Uh, David uh, was out doing the right things uh, but David uh, had left his family unprotected in Ziglag they had got comfortable there Uh, they was out fighting a fight Uh, he had 600 men with him Uh, they were swinging the sword Uh, they was doing everything they thought they should do uh, but they lost their Focus, and they left their families unprotected. And the Amalekites came in, took them captive, and brought them into a place of bondage. And upon his arrival, he finds his beloved city Ziglag, burned with fire. He finds that his wives are missing. Then, all of a sudden, he hears the cry of six hundred men that says, "Where is my wife? Where is my son? Where is my daughter?" And it became so loud that they became so engaged uh, in a place uh, uh, of burden uh, that they began to say, let us just stone David. Uh, And David uh, been overwhelmed. The Bible says he was greatly distressed. Uh, He was overwhelmed by what he saw in front of him. Uh, He was overwhelmed by what he heard in his ears. Uh, He was overwhelmed by the loneliness that he is engulfed in uh, because everything that was his was absent. Uh, So then we find That David in that moment uh, said, I don't know what to do. Uh, In the natural, I don't have enough strength. Uh, In the physical being, I don't have the intellect. Uh, What can I do? Uh, He says, Abathar, uh, I need you to do something for me. Can I preach this thing this morning? Uh, He simply said, I need you to bring me the ephod. Uh, The ephod is a picture of the Holy Ghost. Uh, He said, Listen, uh, the ephod was designed basically for the priest, uh, but he said, I need that ephod in my presence. Uh, I need the spirit of God to give me some direction and guidance. So he takes that ephod and he begins to inquire of the Lord. Now listen, he's got 600 men that wants to stone him. He's got 600 men that says it's over. David, it's your fault. But David gets to a place where he gets under the ephod and says, God, if I've ever needed you, I need you now. God, can I pursue? Can I have one more victory in my life? Can I get from the place I am now, uh, from the ashes of Ziglag, Uh, is there anything to be excited about? Uh, Is there anything to be joyful about? Uh, Is there any future before me? Uh, And all of a sudden uh, he heard a word come uh, through the voices uh, of St. Stoning. It says pursue uh, and you will recover all. Uh, I'm about to get happy this morning. Uh, Can I tell you, uh, in the midst of devastation, uh, in the midst of not knowing, uh, David, uh, call, uh, come to him. Now notice something. Uh, I've never preached this part of this message before. Uh, David comes back and stands before 600 men. Uh, He said, I know y'all hate me. Uh, I know y'all saying it's my fault uh, and maybe I didn't mess up uh, but I got to tell you one thing. Uh, While I was under the ephod, uh, I heard a word uh, and the word was pursue. It wasn't back up, give up uh, and it wasn't shut up uh, but it said pursue uh, because there's a victory that is awaiting us. I don't know naturally how you get 600 men that want to kill you to dress for battle again, other than by the unction and the power of the Holy Ghost. I gotta tell you this morning, the world is saying it's over, but if I can just get one to get back under the ephod, I believe there's 600 others that'll begin to dress for battle this morning. Just forgive me, Peggy. I'm still the, grand, uh, the the son-in-law that you know. I've not lost my mind. Uh, listen, uh, it's good to have him in the house this morning with us. Uh, but can I tell you today, uh, we find ourselves uh, in this story. Uh, David is like, uh, I don't know what to do. Uh, I don't know how we're going to get beyond it. Uh, but I do know this. Uh, I've heard a word from God. Uh, listen, uh, you can take it for what you want. Uh, you can say, oh, that's just Pastor Ronnie. Uh, oh, we know him. We hear him every week. Uh, listen, listen. Uh, but as I've labored in the presence of the Lord, uh, can I tell you uh, while the world says, I just don't know preacher, uh, and while even the church says I don't know preacher, uh, listen I come uh, with a, with a made up mind, uh, with an enlarged spirit this morning to tell you uh, that the Lord is saying in this hour, uh, it's time to pursue uh, it's not a time to shut up and back up, uh, but it's a time to stand and realize uh, that there is an enemy and there is an adversary uh, that's about to take a defeat that it does not anticipate. I'm hurrying, I'm hurrying this morning. I stand before you today to declare to you that what you currently are seeing is not how this thing ends. I know it may appear that all is lost. I know it may appear that we're on the verge of defeat. It may appear that things are just going to spiral out of control and it's going to get more dark. Uh, can I tell you this morning, I declare unto you that there is men and women that has been living and dwelling under the ephod. Uh, they have not up in lights. Uh, they don't have a lot of smoke around them. Uh, they're not saying, oh, I'm the latest and greatest. Uh, but it's no. Uh, it's been men and women of God uh, that's been laying between the porch and the altar. Uh, the world doesn't know their name. Uh, but out of the register bits of their home, uh, there's been cries uh, such I used to hear when my daddy was praying. Oh God, uh, can I tell you, uh, that cry has returned uh, to the United States of America uh, and God has been telling them uh, pursue, uh, pursue, uh, pursue. So every morning, uh, every evening, uh, they've been going back to their place of prayer uh, and they've been praying that prayer of faith. Uh, They've been in that place of intercession uh, and because of that, There is a holy boldness that's coming upon the church of Jesus Christ. Uh, And some of you don't know why you're feeling what you're feeling, uh, but you're hearing in the spirit. uh, God saying, get dressed, uh, get up, uh, awaken. Uh, Can I tell you that's not your mind uh, and it's not just something here, uh, but it is the utterance of the Holy Ghost uh, that's saying we're about to get a victory uh, that nobody is anticipating. There is, once again, the favoring of the anointed. Please hear me. Let me slow down just for a moment. David, as a shepherd boy, out in the field tending his father's sheep, on one occasion there was a lion, on another occasion there was a bear, but he had been anointed, and because of the anointing, he was able to take the beard of that beast and slay it. There was another time when he went to deliver cheese and check on the condition of his brother, that there was a, a, a giant by the name of Goliath. And he simply said, "Who does he think he is defying the armies of the Lord?" And when they tried to put all this stuff on him, he looked at Saul and said, "I haven't proved these, but there is something I do have." And he was leaning on that shepherd's staff, I believe, when he had that conversation. And maybe he even pointed to that thing and said, See that, see that carving of that bear? See the carving of that lion? that's my testimony Uh, I didn't have your armor then Uh, all I had was the anointing of the Lord on my life Uh, and I don't know how it happened Saul Uh, other than this uh, something rose up inside of me uh, and it said pursue Uh, David had heard that word a few times before uh, and he said I found myself uh, with my hands on the beard of that beast uh, and I slew it Uh, can I tell you uh, some of you uh, you don't need to live in your past uh, but it would do you good to visit your past uh, because there's times in your past, uh, if you'd look at your rod of testimony this morning uh, that when the doctor said it's stage four, uh, but yet you're sitting here cancer-free this morning. uh, When the doctor said the heart can't take anymore, uh, but you're sitting here healed this morning, uh, can I tell you uh, maybe you gotta go back uh, and realize uh, that you're still serving the same God today that you was then, uh, and if he delivered you then, he'll deliver you now. We find this morning Once again, David, in great anguish, pursue, pursue, pursue. I want to ask you this morning a very real question. Is your family not worth fighting for? Is your nation not worth fighting for? You hear me this morning. The world hasn't heard what those that's been living under the ephod has heard. And there's even many within the church world that hasn't heard it. But that doesn't mean that it hasn't been spoken. Notice the definition of the word pursue it means to follow in order to overtake or to capture or to kill. Hear me this morning. God is calling us to a place of action so that we can overtake, so that we can capture, and so that we can bring destruction to the forces of darkness that's trying to destroy our nation and it's trying to keep your families in captivity. Now, I'm not telling you in the natural to go strap up and become this crusader. No. What I'm telling you is that there's a call for the people of God to once again come to a place where we understand that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But they are mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. We are not wrestling against men. Just because you have, oh, please hear me. Just because you have a difference of opinion one side or the other in our nation. Listen, those individuals, we are not fighting them. We are fighting against spiritual wickedness in high places, principalities, and powers. This is a spiritual war that we're engaged in. Now, the church in America has lost its way in such a manner, and some of you ain't going to like what I'm getting ready to say. But that's all right. I love you enough to just be honest with you and tell you this. There are those that's watching us and those that's even in this room that thinks that an election cycle is going to fix our problems. There's evil on both sides. There's, there, there, there's craziness on both sides. The only answer to the United States of America is for the church to lay between the porch and the altar in a place of repentance and ask for divine direction by the Holy Ghost and say, God, can we pursue or what do we do? How do we pursue? Listen, I believe with all of my heart that there is a shift in many areas and we are already seeing it. Notice with me. Evil men that has given their hearts over to evil. Evil men are being removed and pushed from their places of authority. We have seen that over the last several months and we're gonna continue to see that the remainder of this year. We're gonna see it. But that is just the results of a deeper work that God is doing. Please hear me. Governments are going through great transition around this globe. Governments that everybody said they will never relinquish their hold and their power has abruptly resigned and walked away in recent months because, not they wanted to, But because God is orchestrating and moving in manners that is not known to men. They have overplayed their hand. I've heard this say in the spirit many times. That there is men, evil men, that have overplayed their hand. But the Lord says, when they went too far is when they began to touch my bride, the church. Now hear me. This air of great destruction that we find ourselves in. While areas of it may intensify, please hear me. One of the greatest victories that the church has ever known is getting ready to be on display. The question is, will we respond as the 600 men did when David began to issue the call to engage? This morning, I have to be real with you. It's important for us to be here. We are here to become equipped. We are here to be encouraged and edified. That is the purpose of our existence this morning in this room. We are to worship the Lord in return. He inhabits the praise of his people. He dwells here. He moves among us. If there's a need in your life, that need can be met before you leave today. I'm a firm believer of that. Please hear me. However, we're here to be edified and equipped so that we can hear the word of the Lord, so that we can go out there and change a world. The question is, are we willing to become world changers? We do that by becoming willing to engage. It's not based on feelings. It's not based on what you may think. But it's based on this simple reality. David, under the ephod, here's the word pursue, and you'll recover all. He walks before 600 men and says, Listen, I've heard from the Lord. The word of the Lord says, We're to pursue and we're going to recover everything that was taken from us. I am a firm believer that I do not care how elegantly you can speak, I don't care how persuasive you are in your nature. In the natural, it's impossible for 600 men that's distressed with great grief like they were in that moment, to respond to a natural call. They didn't have that much strength. They didn't have that much faith in David. But there was something that happened when David spoke. David in that moment, please hear me, became an oracle or a voice of God. And he simply said, the word of the Lord is saying pursue. I do not believe that they heard David's voice, but they heard the voice of God in that moment. And get this, all 600 of them got up, got their armor and started moving. Now out of that 600, 200 of them was so weak that they could only make the journey to the brook. But they said, we're not quitting we're not quitting. But they took every ounce of strength and they said, we're going to go. We're going to be part of this thing. What motivates somebody? But when they got to the brook, David said, you know what? You're too weak. And I don't want slaughter to come to you, but in your weakened condition, you stay here and you guard the stuff by the brook. Because we don't need to take everything with us if y'all not going. So I'm going to take 400. So now it's, David and 400. And they go and they find this Egyptian boy, and I'm closing, So they want to make their way to the music. They find this Egyptian boy in the field. He's not eaten for three days and three nights. He's lying there in a weakened state near death, sick. They feed him, and he says this, Can you show me where they are? I can show you. Now as they arrive and they're looking over, they find and they see something that in the natural is very discouraging. They see a multitude of mighty, powerful warriors celebrating, laughing, Drinking it up partying it up that says we have got victory over David But not only did they see that that ultimate presence of strength But they saw their families in captivity Now it's decision time David and 400 men They're in a safe place right now nobody even knows they're there he can choose to do nothing. He can use, choose to say looking. He can choose to stand and say, well, they defeated me. They've got my family. They've got my wives, they've got the children. They've got the next generation. Oh, if only I'd have been there, maybe it would have been different. If only I'd been in Ziglag, maybe it would have been different. He could have looked at those 400 men and said, boys, we're just outnumbered, we're outgunned. There's no possible way for us to have this victory. But David wasn't looking natural. Because David under the ephod had lost his natural vision and had gained spiritual vision. And when you begin to look in the spirit, things look much differently than they do in the natural. And David was no longer driven by the absence of his family. But David was now been driven by the call. And because of the call, he said, I must engage. Can I tell you, can I be very honest with you this morning? Bring me that boy. He can help me preach this message right here. He's good, bring me that boy. He's not in trouble, I'm gonna use him. Let's preach this thing together. Yes, sir. Can I tell you something? You're looking at a a man today, and I don't say this so you say, oh, we feel sorry for you, pastor. I'm tired. I'm I'm extremely tired. Physically, emotionally, I'm tired. The weight of this thing, as Pastor Jaden preached on Wednesday night so well, he has no idea how well he preached. But the weight of this thing, sometimes I look in the mirror and there's an old guy looking at me. And I realize, you know what, I have, if I'm gonna do something, I gotta do it quickly. The weight of this thing. And sometimes it'd be real easy to say, you know what, I'm gonna start the transitioning process and I'm gonna start doing some things a little different. And, but then I, I look over, I look over, and I see these babies and I see what the enemy's doing to a generation. See, maybe you don't hear the calls that I hear, but maybe you don't know what it sounds like when somebody calls and says, my second grader just don't wanna live anymore. Maybe you, maybe you don't know what it's like to hear the call of my son, my daughter. Is this or is that is overwhelmed by this? And I look and I see a generation that's just been grabbed and brought into a place of captivity. Now, I can choose to be comfortable because in this stage of my life, I'm blessed. I don't say that arrogantly. But I'm blessed. I can be comfortable. I don't have to run the road. I don't have to climb on airplanes. I don't have to go do all the things I'm doing. I could stay in this little safe place. But I look beyond and I see... See a generation left unprotected, and the Amalekites have grabbed them, having his way with them. And now I've got to decide. In the natural, it looks like I'm outnumbered. In the natural, it looks like we're defeated. But there's a call to engage. There's a call to stand and to preach one more message. There's a call to kneel down and pray one more prayer. There's a call to go to one more unreached people group. There's a call to go and to build another center, uh, to build another facility. There's a a call that says you got to reach them. Here's what I want you to understand. David could not have done it by himself the other 400 men that was with him had, did not hear the word pursue like he heard it under the ephod but when the man of God began to proclaim it there was something that irked in their spirit and said we too will stand up and be counted yeah. I've got to ask somebody in this room today will you stand up and be counted for the kingdom of God It's not about your feeling. It's not about your convenience, but it's about this generation. Do you want them to be raised uh, under a half-moon mosque, or do you want them to be raised under the cross of Jesus Christ uh, that gives life to all men? I'm not attacking my Muslim friends, but listen. There's not many ways. There's only one way, and it's Jesus Christ. And I do not apologize for that. But this young man, he needs you to walk in power and authority. He needs you to bring him back to a place where he can grow and develop in the things of God. He doesn't need to be in a foreign land isolated from his originality, but he needs to be brought back to where, thus saith the Lord, where the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost is flowing again. The call to engage... As we stand all over the house this morning, I have not preached a profound message today, but I have preached my heart this morning to tell you that in the wee hours of the night and the wee hours of the morning, this week, I continually hear the word, pursue, pursue, Pursue. There's a lot of things I could say this morning, but the Lord changed my direction midway in this message, but can I tell you? Between now and the end of the year, we're going to see a very, very great rustling and unsettling take place in our nation. There is going to be the appearance And I want you to hear this word. There is going to be an appearance that evil is winning. There's going to be an appearance that evil has prevailed. But there is a divine setup by the Holy Ghost. It's not a large number, but there's a remnant number that God's about to bring forth and they're about to wage war in an unexpected manner. And those that thought that they was winning is getting ready to be struck down. And there is about to be a shout of victory. Not from a political arena, but there is about to be a shout of victory from the heartbeat of the United States of America because the church is about to reign in victory once again. But the question is, will you be one to engage right now? Because this young man and his generation is hanging in the balance. This morning, I'm gonna pursue. I'm gonna lift up my sword. I'm gonna bend my knees. I'm going to say, God, if you can use anybody, you can use me. I ask you this morning, is there anybody else in this room that says, God, I'm yours? I issue this call today, this call of engagement to the body of Christ this morning. As they get ready to lead us in worship, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. If you say, Pastor, this message has pricked my heart. I don't care if it's the first time you've been here, if you're here every time the doors is open and you say the Lord can count on me in this season, I want you to step from your seat right now and I want you to come and join me in the front of this building right now. I want you to come without hesitation right now. Come, 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 come. I'm going to ask Pastor Jade and Brother Austin to come join me on the platform if you would, please. Would you come. Maybe you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, but you'd say, you know what, I want to surrender my life to Him today. You might grab, both of you, grab a microphone if you would, please. As you're coming, as they're coming, we'll make room. You can push those chairs away if you need to. Push those chairs back, I don't care. But this morning you'd say, I've never given my life to Jesus. I I know Him, I believe in Him but I want to surrender my life, I, 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 I'd like for you to come this morning and stand in the front of this building with us. Or maybe you'd say, you know, I've, I, I've, I, maybe I've been a little wayward, maybe I've, I've just not been what I should be, and I know that, I, I'd like for you to come and stand as well, because there's no time like the present right now. We find ourselves today with the question before us, I mentioned briefly David and the lion and the bear and the giant. When David heard the sound in the story of Goliath of this large, this very large man crying out against Israel and the army of her, he simply said, is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? Brother Brian, there's still a cause. Our family, our community, our children. There are those that's close to us today that unfortunately, the enemy is coming, swiftly taking them but we got to stand and fight for those that remain. Brother Chad, Sister April, we're gonna make it, brother. We're gonna make it. Our hearts are heavy today. Another young man, just a few days ago, believed the lies of the enemy, can't make it, it's not worth living. We'll lay him out on Tuesday in the funeral home, young man. Life's still in front of him. Our community's hurting today. We gotta engage. I had an individual in my office last week. Pastor, will you pray with me? Yes, son, I'll pray with you. Will you pray and just thank the Lord for all the blessings that he's been giving me in my life? Yes, son, I will. He showed me some of his blessings. Then a few days later, and I'm not condemning him, I'm loving him. A few days later, in the middle of the night, in a drunken stupor, he's trying to break into my home. The enemy. Enraged, blinding a generation. hear me we got to engage we may not understand everything granite you got to be willing to get rid of the suit and the tie and put on the muck boots get down in the mire and love people right where they are because if it wasn't for the grace of God so would I be you got to engage so I'm going to have these young men. Brother Austin. I'm going to ask you to just begin. Pastor Jade, I want you to follow, and then I'll follow you. But I want you to pray by the unction of the Holy Spirit today, a prayer of engagement over these men and women of God that's standing in a place of saying, I'm surrendering, and I will engage. And I don't want you to just stand there and listen to them pray, but I want you to join with them and pray. And I'm going to ask you to lift your hands right now and say, God, I'm giving myself to you. I'm going to be, I'm going to be the church. I'm going to be the church that you call me to be. Hey everyone, uh, Cameron here from PTC Ministries. I'm so glad that you could join us today uh, for the message here. Uh, I hope the message touched you uh, in a personal way and that you can take that and mold that and move it and let it move you in your life. And as you can continue your walk with Christ, continue your walk with us as well. Follow us. uh, Click in the link below in the description there. Follow us on all of our social media platforms. And don't forget to uh, like and subscribe. I feel like a YouTuber here, but don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel to stay connected with us. Um, And thank you for joining us.